see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Unpacked with PMMI. I'm your host, Sean Riley, and today I'm joined by Packaging World editor and fellow redhead, Matt Reynolds, who's going to share some of the trends he uncovered at Pack Expo Las Vegas and Healthcare Packaging Expo 2019. Matt, thanks for taking the time from what has been a full and hectic three days. It has. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. So I guess, first and foremost, you know, what jumped out at you after three days of nonstop running around on the floor as something that, you know, you're taking away from the show as, you know, a popping trend? Well, I think it was leading up to the uh, show, in fact, that it was just last week or two weeks ago that San Francisco Airport banned PET single-use bottles, um, which is potentially just, uh, you know, a drop in the bucket, but it's also potentially a linchpin or it could be seen as uh, kind of a, a, the first domino to fall. Uh, for airports and single-use plastic. So single-use plastic, as we all know, is kind of under the gun right now. Uh, So extrapolating that to the show floor, um, what I saw were a lot of pouch manufacturers, both OEMs that are running pouches, stand-up pouches, pillow bag, doy style, these kinds of pouches, also any kind of flexible pouches. Now, historically, um, pouches haven't been recyclable because they're multi-layers. They're, you know, food, requires oxygen barrier or it requires a uh, light sensitivity barrier. Um, So you have multiple layers of film, multiple layers of possibly foil. Um, So you can't throw it into a general uh, single recycling stream. But there have been monolayer possibilities. The problem was it was almost the only game in town was polypropylene. Polyethylene, which is PE, is available as well, but it was always much more difficult to machine, much more uh, temperamental. Uh, it doesn't stretch easily or it stretches too much and tears. Uh, so one thing I noticed several places on the show floor, but one in particular that I'll talk about uh, was 100% PE uh, pouches for mostly for snacks and food. Okay. Um, now, uh, this was a collaboration. The one that I spoke to was a collaboration between uh, the OEM Mess Pack, which is a Duravant company, uh, material supplier Dow, and the converter TC Transcontinental. And they put together a system that includes a more gentle, a gentle handling machine to gently handle PE, 100% PE pouches, and also a more forg- a forgiving polyethylene. So this is 100% PE uh, uh, pouch style bags. And that's, as you kind of alluded to and kind of said, that it, the bigger problem beyond the, the stability and, and the layers from a recyclability standpoint, from an OEM standpoint, if you have an existing machine, you can't necessarily run that material on the machine, correct? That can be a problem. And actually, I spoke specifically to Paul Irvin about this. He had, uh, at his booth, he had several machines um, uh, that 
he was experimenting with uh, materials all the way to really temperamental materials like biopolymers and these sorts of things. He had a few examples okay. in, in his booth. Um, and sure, I, I suppose there's ways to retrofit existing machines to handle these new, whether it's uh, in new PE or biopolymers or even some sorts of, uh, you know, wood fiber based, uh, um, paper based uh, 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 films. Uh, but he, he fully admitted and was on board saying this is new to us. You know, we don't exactly know where this is going, but we have to be sure that our machines going forward are capable of handling uh, a whole array of materials that we might not even know about yet. Right. And, uh, you know, for the OEM to stay in contact, close contact with the converters and with the materials um, suppliers uh, to know what's going to be coming down the pike in terms of what uh, is going to be a recyclable or have some sort of... Um, functional layers within the material uh, down the road. So that hits the, which we hear constantly or read constantly and we talk about on the podcast all the time. It's basically the collaboration and the partnership has to start at the very beginning and go all the way through from kind of soup to nuts when it comes to new packages and stuff like that with the OEM. Yeah, it's a value chain proposition because it's going everywhere from the, the flake material down to the type, I mean, it, it includes the brand owner too, mm-hmm. because it, it depends whatever I'm, I'm sitting in front of me right now is a, uh, a bag of granola. Now, if that granola used honey as a humectant or something like that, uh, or a certain type of sugar or volume of sugar that could, uh, that could alter the functionality of a biopolymer bag or how right. long it's going to last on a shelf. So, uh, so it goes downstream from the OEM and it also goes upstream to the material suppliers. It's the partnership that needs. And then at some point the retailers are going to be involved as well, right? Of course. Well, the retailer, I mean, first of all, there's, uh, there's, uh, retailing in terms of how long it's just going to be inventoried and sit on a shelf and that's specific to biopolymers, but then also consider inventorying, uh, food at, uh, you know, fulfillment centers and distribution centers for e-commerce as well. And that adds a whole, uh, extra, uh, element of, of danger for the, for the, for the pouches because there's so many touches in e-commerce that they need to really withstand uh, getting all the way from that fulfillment, well, getting from the, the brand owner, manufacturer, or co-packer to a distribution center, possibly inventory for a whole, who knows how long, and then uh, and then handling by, you know, materials handling, by conveyance, by uh, robotics, who knows what, uh, pick and place, and then get, you know, just the amount of touches in e- e-commerce mm-hmm. requires a much stronger, more robust uh, material. So that's another thing to consider right now you kick this off talking about the um san francisco with the airport and this is actually a question that i'm i'm just curious about myself do you see any of these solutions that are able to be used for um beverages or water because i I know i've seen pouches for water but i'm assuming that they're not these style of pouches or is there is there going to be some what what's the solution then if you can't have the you know, the plastic bottles. Well, if you ask Coke or Pepsi and their brands for water are Aquafina and Dasani, uh, one or the other, I don't remember which is which, um, but they are increasingly going towards, of all things, aluminum, which is an extremely lightweight material. And uh, the beauty of aluminum is you don't have any degradation after recycling. So right. you recycle an aluminum can uh, post-consumer aluminum is going to behave exactly the same as uh, virgin uh, aluminum. So there's no degradation in cycles. You also have some properties, lightweight. Uh, it's lightweight compared to, to other materials. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, water chills faster, so you don't have to use yeah. as much energy in terms of refrigeration. I think that's probably a, you know, a tertiary benefit. But uh, increasingly, we're going to see both cans and water bottles next year coming out in 2020 from Coke and Pepsi. So that's one direction they're going. Another, there's some niftier ones too, and I didn't see this on the show floor, but I'm aware of it. Something called drop water, uh, 
Um, and uh, anybody who's interested, here's a shameless plug. I'll, I'll be writing about this in my uh, my uh, lead-off column in the October issue of Packaging World. But uh, Drop Water is a system. It's a vending machine system where uh, paperboard or yeah, paper uh, flat structural paper bottles mm-hmm. are delivered stackable. So they're nested. So there's six or 800 can fit in a very small space right. compared to a, uh, an aluminum can, which is not stackable. Um, so you're, you know, an aluminum cam, you're, you're basically shipping air that's within, these are stackable. Um, so within this is, I don't remember the material, but it's a compostable, uh, polymer, um, uh, biodegradable or compost. I think you have to say compostable in California right, right. to walk a narrow line there. Um, but the water is actually filled. It's, it's tap water at the location that's, uh, filtered at the location again, within this, um, this, uh, uh vending machine setting. And you can add flavorings. You can add a certain amount of caffeine. They have recommended amounts so you don't go overboard. Um, and then basically it's filled, filtered, it's filtered, filled, and closed, capped and closed on site. So uh, travelers going through an airport basically mm-hmm. can pick something up and drop it off, and it's all completely compostable. But it's designed to be used with that day because right. you can't put that in your bag and forget about it because a week later the degradation that you had alluded to before mm-hmm. will occur and that water just leaks right out. That's really interesting. Okay, then let's get back to, you know, things that you came across that, you know, piqued your interest, whether yeah. they're new, whether it's trending, whether it's something you've heard about, what else you got? Well, I think just getting back to where I started with uh, with um, bags, with uh, pouches and polymers being used, uh, another thing I saw, backing up a little bit, we hear a lot about durable products, durable packages, recyclability. Uh, being uh, cycle and cycle and cycle loop is a is an example of of a durable mm-hmm. uh, package. Um, there's another similar system. It's it's recycle wise, I believe. Uh, but there was an actual commercialized project, and it was uh, a material developed by Berry Plastics and a slider, uh, uh, basically a slider zipper uh, from Freshlock. Uh, the Berry Plastics was an HDPE bag. Freshlock's had uh, Freshlock did a LDPE slider. Uh, for what's called uh, bare naked granola. Um, now this is a multi-layer, uh, so it's not a mono uh, material, so it cannot be recycled in the way that we normally would our typical recycling stream. But increasingly, using this uh, circular economy type of model, um, we're finding that there is a system in place to be able to recycle at the store. So basically, you use whatever granola uh, for the week. Your granola, your allotted granola right. for the week or month or whatever <laughs> exactly. it might be. But then when you're returning to the store, you return with the, um, the actual empty bag. Uh, and that again is an example of the circular economy. And it was cool to see uh, actual commercialized project right here on the show floor. I think it was the, uh, it was uh, debuted here at PAC Expo, Las Vegas. I think that may, part of that may have actually won one of the technology excellence awards. Is that possible? It is. I was yeah. on the committee uh, uh, determining the finalists and I believe I saw that one. So I tried to nudge, give it a nudge. Yeah, I know that, that I'm almost positive. It actually did bring home an award for, so, so you, you bring the granola home, you eat it, you eat it and you bring the bag back and you refill it or they dispose no, of it. They dispose. Okay. It. So the bag goes back into uh, um, some sort of uh, advanced uh, recycling. Uh, basically the, the recycling we have the capability to right. recycle multi-layers, mm-hmm. but our existing infrastructure of MRFs, which are um, uh, recycling facilities, um, don't have the advanced. Uh, they don't have. They don't have the capability to be doing that at this moment. We're right. not. We're not ready for it. Right. So, but but in these specific um, programs, uh, again, this is like how to recycle. 
um, they are able to, to take uh, multi-layer materials and, and put them through specialized recycling programs that are designated for the brand rather than for, you know, a general uh, public uh, recycling stream. Okay. So it's basically, it's a start. It's a yeah. step in the right direction. Yeah. A lot of this, I mean, that they're, they're all different routes to the same end goal and it's still a long distance to the end goal, but the, the important thing is people are stepping that direction. Yeah. And it's always been, you know, sustainability and recyclability, but the problem necessarily isn't that people aren't willing to do it. It's that once they have it all together, where is it going that it's actually taking place? And this is at least giving them an outlet where bring the bag home, use the food, bring it back, and they'll take care of it. Um, so what else you got? Uh, one other thing, same uh, in the same vein, recyclability and so on. And again, with the, the, the recent uh, bans on single-use plastics, single-use polymers, uh, I noticed, and I, what, this is one thing I wasn't expecting, was I saw a lot of paperboard can handles. So um, two companies were doing this, but uh, to, to explain a paperboard can handle, imagine what, what used to be 30 years ago, a six pack of whether it's beer or Coke or whatever it is, had okay. those little, those little uh, um, uh, plastic rings, basically. There have been improvements on those. HDPE is a very uh, popular one, and, and, and a lot of brands are using them to, to great effect uh, right now, and they should continue to. But interestingly, I saw uh, more of these can handle styles, six packs, 12 packs, uh, any format is really available um, in, in paperboard. And one company that's doing it is um, graphic packaging, where they have an entire system with a machine that's called Keelclip 1600. And uh, this company, uh, graphic packaging, provides both the machine and they act as the paperboard converter. Um, so basically, the, the, the application machine uh, can do any sorts of formats, and you have a flat billboard surface on the top, so you can get printed paperboard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you've got a good story to tell with your beer or your, you know, I don't know, whatever it might be, tea, uh, kombucha, whatever it might be, right. then uh, you can tell that story and a totally recyclable, well, totally, uh, I mean, it's paper, it's paperboard, mm-hmm. um, uh, the alternative to a, any kind of polymer can handle. Uh, Westrock is doing this as well, uh, just they're taking the minimal approach and just doing as small as possible of a can handle with a small, I believe it's a tabletop at the moment machine that ap- applies uh, six-pack can handles, again, in paperboard instead of uh, polymer. But that So that can also keep up consistency with the brands in a 12-pack or a case that has the same amount of space. Now you're just condensing that and putting it on top. Exactly. Um, we might have time for one more if you have it. Uh, another thing, again, same theme, um, uh, sustainability in the environment uh, and being good stewards to the earth. Uh, Clearfold is now supplying its clear folding plastic cartons that are now fully made from 100% recycled post-consumer PET. Uh, until now, only 30% of our PET uh, had been the limit in the, these kinds of things. Just for for those that don't know, what what's the... I know you say previously 30% had been the limit, Um for recycled post-consumer PET. Could you explain that just for the... Yeah, so, uh, you know, virgin PET, originally everything was 100% virgin PET, uh, and recycled PET uh, in general was uh, was not used because it, it's basically, it's mixed with other PET. Uh, you have some probably problems with uh, clarity, you get this kind of opaque color. 
So instead of doing nothing and doing all strictly 100% PET, uh, they, uh, some brands and some converters would end up using some smaller percentage of PET. Okay. So it would be 30% would be the max PET, uh, RPET or recycled PET, post-consumer PET. And the other 70% in that bottle would be virgin PET. So going from 30% to creating and creating, having to create fresh 70% virgin PET to 100% post-consumer uh, PET, that's quite a step. Yes, it absolutely is. And, that, and that's a ton of good um, recyclability um, solutions, which obviously, like I said earlier, and you said earlier, it's something that keeps being talked about over and over again every year, but we're starting to finally see some real results. Yeah, the winds are blowing in that direction. For sure. Awesome. I would like to, uh, once again, thank you, Matt, for taking some time for this. Um, you'll probably be hearing from Matt um, again on the podcast to talk about you know some of the latest trends in packaging. Um, I'd like to thank you for listening to Unpacked with PMMI. Be sure to join us next time for more packaging and processing industry insights. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that, go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.